we welcome each of you all again to Revive Church. To our online audience, we love y'all. Thank you all for tuning with us. We really appreciate you. Yes, you, and yes, you. Um, I'm excited for what the Lord's going to do. So we are in a brand new series, y'all. And if you have not seen through email or whatever else, uh, we are in a brand new series. First of all, I mean, for that, uh, we have Bible study every Thursday. And for y'all that are, <laughs> my feet are dangling. Uh, I'm short. Um, so we have Bible study every Thursday online. Um, and it's been going pretty great. Um, so I'm very, very thankful. Um, hopefully we can, I think we have worked through, I think, all the technical difficulties. So we should be starting us right on time and start having, instead of having those difficulties every time. So I think we're good now, nowadays. So I think we're well. So every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live on our, on our Facebook page. So you can tune in. We'd love to have you. You can share it out and give it to whoever you want to in the comfort of your own home and your PJs or while you eat your dinner or whatever you're doing. All right. So you are more than welcome to be a part of that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. We are in a brand new series. Oh, dang it. That's wrong thing. Um, our podcast, any, any weekly message we have um, is available for you. Um, you can definitely um, listen to that on, via Apple or Google or uh, also on our website as well as uploaded there. Now we're in a brand new series called who he is and we're starting that today and i'm really excited for this nine-week journey with you guys and the other um pastors and ministers of this uh, church and this movement that's going to be presenting to us and we're going to really be it's just legit a a sermon of a sermon series of testimony of who he has been to us and uh, when you have encountered him in certain ways, you can speak about him in certain ways. And there's a certain level of conviction and power that will flow through you because you know him to be that. Amen. So we are in that. And I'm so excited um, about this. All right. Um, let's go to Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one and um, verse one and two. Genesis chapter one. Verses 1 and 2. It'll be on the screen. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the scriptures. <laughs> mom, my mom. <laughs> All right. We ready? Let's read it together. What's it say? In the beginning. Yes, verse 2. Mm-hmm. Face of the waters. My simplest title I probably have ever given, God. Yes, sir. You may be seated. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this room. Allow preaching to be easy. Allow teaching to come easy. I thank you, Father, for what you're going to exemplify. And Father, for you showing up as God in this room. Open our hearts and minds, our ears to understand what you want to say to your people. And we thank you for it all. Father, without you, I am nothing. With you, we are everything. I thank you for your power that allows preaching to come. In your name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Someone say one more time real loud, God. God. I, have, I am convicted that many people know of him and don't know him. Many people have always been able to understand or know of God, but no one actually really probably knows God. And we love the New Testament. 
Um, but I would feel remiss if I did not start this in the Old Testament, the first introduction of who we see God is. And we see him in the beginning first as Elohim. And then we see him as creator. Many have experienced him, but not many have encountered him. There is a difference in how you encounter God. The encounter, for example, Moses said, I want to see you. He said, I'm not going to let you see me because you can't handle all this. So I'm going to let you see the backside of me. He had an encounter with him. So much so he left off the mountain glowing. If there is not some radiant beam from you, something that someone can see that notices that change, you probably have not truly encountered him. We hear a lot of many, we hear a lot of things about him. but We don't hear enough about God. We hear a lot about Jesus. But do we really take time to hear about God? You can't get Jesus first without understanding who God is. And although Jesus said that when you see me, you see the Father, there's still an element of the Father we're missing, and that's simply encounter. You must know him. In this suffering, this is how you know him, is what scripture says. You know him from those things. We have painted a beautiful picture of the religious God, but we have not painted a good picture of the Father God. We have painted the beautiful picture of the sun, but we have not painted the beautiful picture of Jesus. We know him as the God who hates and who's evil and who's mean and who burns things away and who burns the whole, whole country down, and who burns the earth by fire and destroys it by water. We know that God, and yes, he is some of those things. But in reality, we still have an element of God we're still missing. We still miss it. He is simply God. And that may seem a very simple three-letter word, but there's so much more to this three-letter word we really don't know, and that's simply God. There is more to God from the testimony of your life that you need to be um, showing through and exemplifying. We see a lot of names in the Old Testament about God, hundreds of names. We call them Jehovah and Jireh, Sikhanu. Mechadesh. We, we know all those names. We can sing them all we want, but you learning lyrics does not mean you know God. You can sing all you want to about him, but until you've had an encounter with him, it means something different. You can read the word every day, but until you've had a bona fide encounter, nothing in your life has changed. I remember growing up, my mom would always say, just wait till you get older. Then it'll make sense. Remember my mom? I used to always ask, like, what's this mean? Why are we singing this? And I used to sing in the choir. I was the highest soprano ever. And along with next to my mama. And I always got made fun of because my voice was just so squeaky, squeaky high. And um, she, um, she was like, you know, just wait till you get older. It'll make sense. She never tried to help me understand this. And there was a reason why. She was like, that's mean. That's not mean. She wanted me to know who he was for myself. And that helped me discover who God was. So if you ask somebody, for example, let's see how much y'all like me today. If, you, if someone asks you, who was David Wallace? Who would you say? What would you say? Uh, Nephew? Uh, <laughs> Come on, shout it out. Friend. Friend, friend apostle. Friend, brother, uh, father. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Leader. Uh, anybody else? Y'all just all quiet? Huh? What'd you say, Step? 
A North. <laughs> I was your favorite nephew, though. All right, anybody else? <laughs> anybody else? Who is David Wallace? Passionate for the Lord. Passionate for the Lord. Father to Arya. Y'all see my baby girl on, the, on Facebook playing the piano. Oh my gosh. I want, okay, I'm gonna stop call crying. Anybody, anybody else? All right. For, come on, that's good. Anybody else? A son. All right, this is what you know. But so when someone asks you who God is, what do you say? Mercy. Mercy. Our deliverer. What do you say? Love. All in all. So it's easy a lot of times to introduce somebody you know one-on-one. You all know me because you have a relationship with me. So when it comes to God, it should be as easy to fly out with these same things because you have encounter with him, knowing him. It's, these are attributes we call out, loving, forgiving, uh, merciful, kind, all in all. These are attributes of him. But do we know him? Not just the things that he can do, but simply who he is. And then when we always have to pray, God say, God, we worship you, not because of who you, uh, what you've done, but because of who you are. And that's such a beautiful statement, but it's said from a voided place. Because we don't know him. The Bible says that he became, he is the lamb, Jesus was the lamb that was slain for us. And God had a plan to reconcile us. This is the New Testament. We see Jesus, but he reconciled us unto God. That was the connection that had to happen between that. Psalm 14 and 1. You can write it down for reference. Many people deny him. Psalm 14, 1 says, The fool says in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good if they say there is no God. And many people say that we are created from apes. Have you ever heard that? And the thing is, though, y'all, think about this with me, all right? Help me. I was sitting at my desk last night just kind of pondering this thought through. If we were made from apes, Christopher Duncan, then how is there apes still left in the earth? (laughs) So did God discriminate against some apes and not all apes? (laughs) So when someone said we were made from apes in the Big Bang Theory or whatever else, let me tell you something. If there's something that creates something, it's always doing something. The Big Bang just didn't come and just create us one time and call it the day. That was never the plan of the earth. God is ever-present and always doing something. A Big Bang is one thing. But how can that one thing and a Big Bang come to do all the things we see today? Impossible. He's God. And he's the one who does this. You oftentimes want to fully understand him, but you cannot fully understand him. He is incomprehensible. We can't fully understand everything about him at all. He's God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. If you want a theological term for that, you would call it the monotheism God. All right? He's one God. He's singular. He, that, that, he's God, period. So we don't, have, we don't believe in such a, a God who is many gods. He is one God. All right? He is God in three person. We know that, right? He is what? God, Jesus, and... All right, I got it. Good, y'all read your Bible. All right? We understand that. 
He's God. And three, it does not mean that we serve three different things. We serve one God. From that, I'm going to prove to you in Genesis chapter 1, just a second about that. Verse uh, number three, he, um, he's God. Uh, God is a spirit. Okay? And those that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. God is a spirit. Number four, he is also the creator. In the beginning, God created. God is also eternal. Let's run down some different names real quick. God is eternal. That's Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. He's eternal. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at one time. He's omniscient, which means he's all-knowing. Okay? He's omnipotent, which means he's all-powerful. He's immutable, which means he does not change. He always remains consistent and faithful to, who, to what he is and who he is. He's sovereign. Now, that's one thing we battle with a lot because when you say he's sovereign, it's really hard to kind of dissect that because you want to understand what he's doing, but you cannot do that. He's sovereign. Once you think you got him figured out, he flips the script and got something else completely planned for us. He's sovereign. So Genesis chapter 1 and 1 through 2 in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is the introduction of who we see. The first book, the first chapter, we see God created. There's no knowledge of who he is, except we have at the beginning of the story, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first verse of, this, of our Bible gives us understanding of who God is. Without saying who he is, we get who he is. He's God. God in this Hebrew translation, the word means Elohim. Or of course, and we go as we go on and translate it into Yahweh. And they spelled it Y-W-H-W, Yahweh. Elohim, which means creation must be, listen, creation must begin with absolutely nothing. To create something, you have to start with nothing. Elohim, if you translate that, which I think is so beautiful, if we translate that, it also means to be yoked together. Which gives the implication that it was not just God arriving on the scene. It was the Trinity moving in the earth. Now we do not believe, Now I, I strongly believe in our doctrine that we do not say that Trinity is a word in the Bible. It is not. He is a triune God, but we don't say Trinity, okay? So he's Elohim, but the, the trans translation of Elohim is one who was yoked together with power moving through and plowing through. So when God showed up, he came to show up with power and move through the earth with a lot of um, tenacity to move through what was going on. He moved through this. Creation again started with nothing. Now, the word creation or to create means bara in the Hebrew, which means to create from nothing at all. It's going to make sense in a second. Promise. Create, bara, to create from nothing. But then there's another word called make. Someone say make. All right. Which is in the Hebrew means to form from something that was already created. So meaning that if God created the heavens and the earth, he created it from nothing. 
In order to make something from nothing, you first must create it. But if I'm making something, I'm making and gathering things with the ingredients already given to me. So when it comes to this story and this passage, people say, well, stuff was already here. Nothing was here. We see in verse 2 with the great twist I'm going to give you in just a second. But verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Heavens with an S on it, which means there's multiple heavens. All right? We have the heaven that we're going to. We have the first heaven, the second heaven. We got third heaven. We got, we got stuff like that. I'm not going to get into all that today. Anyway, so when you make a cake, what do you do? My mom used to gather ingredients. She would get the milk from the thing. She would get the, the, the box of the cake stuff from the, from the cabinet and get the flour and whatever. She would gather all these things that were already made to make something. The cake was not created, but the ingredients was already created. When it comes to this, God did not have ingredients. All he had was God. He himself created something from absolutely nothing and made it exist in the what we live in today. Everything was created before it's made. Creation, listen, creation always starts with a process. Creation always starts with a process, which means that God always has a purpose and then he introduces production. God always has a purpose before he ever puts anything into production. Your life right now has a purpose to it. And it may be hard to figure that out because like, he's like, dang, I'm trying to work out my own, trying to get this together. What, am I, what exactly am I doing? What I'm saying to you is before God ever formed you in your mother's womb, he put you through a production process to let you know, to see exactly how this thing was going to plan out. You are here because you have purpose and the production has not stopped yet. Simply put, God is not done with you. So in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. Only God could start something from nothing and make something. Inside God was this creative, this creation, this creativity that was there because what, come, what is in you comes out of you. From the, you know, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and so in him is creativity and a step he speaks this creativity I want light so let there be light and there was light and God separated from the night and the day let the waters I created waters in the seas and I want to hover over these things he spoke everything into existence he did not wave a magic wand he did not say abracadabra poof he spoke and it was he is the creator, and a creator can do that. It can speak, and it happens. He's introduced as God in Genesis chapter 1. He introduces himself to the earth as creator. And anytime you are established in something, you have the ability to speak, and it is so. For example, if you are the CEO of a company, you have the reign to speak and do whatever you want to do. And when you speak, they have to move and they have to do something. Which is why typically everybody wants to be an entrepreneur because nobody likes being told what to do. <laughs> I mean, it's not a, that's not a good trait, but, you know, some people are destined to be entrepreneurs. <laughs> However, you got, you got to be submissive. Anyway, these things submitted to him. And then after he introduces himself to the earth, he then introduces himself to the elements of the earth. 
by saying what he wants to happen. Then, after he introduces himself to the elements, he then introduces himself to man. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. If you do a word study on the words form, void, um, and darkness, you will understand it was not just talking about the physical structure of the earth. It was talking about what was going on in the earth at that time. When we think of the word form, it is literally meaning out of formal order, Miss Rise. When you think of the word disorder, it means that there was no order on the planet at that time. The Bible says that God does all things, what? Decently and in order. See, it's not that. The word void um, in the Hebrew means confusion. God is not the what? Author of confusion. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Darkness meaning God, listen, is light. However, there is darkness and all darkness is, is the absence of light. But the Hebrew word for darkness, Mama Sharon, is ignorance. So it was not talking about the lights were out. It was the ignorance in the earth that was going on at the time. And the opposite of ignorance is knowledge. And the Hebrew word for light means knowledge. So when God said, let there be light, he called everything into order that was going on in the earth. But what was going on in the earth? Many scholars believe that in that time between verse 1 and verse 2 was the dumb, ignorant battle and this uh, convincing that Satan did in the earth. When he convinced a third of the angels to fall with him into earth. And when the Bible says that Satan fell onto earth like lightning. So he was here without the creation yet of hell. <laughs> Y'all see me yet? So when we say this verse 2, it is not just saying the earth was, had nothing in it or whatever else. Because remember, as we go on, the Bible does say that water was already here. Boom. So water now comes and we see the, the Spirit of God hovered over what? The face of the waters, which was the fate face of the waters. Waters as an image. And what does water represent in the Bible? Holy Spirit. <laughs> so when we read verse 2 it paints a picture into what we have always read as the earth being nothing when the earth was something because verse 1 said he already created this thing verse 2 comes and lets us know what happened in a deeper context it was no order it was full of disorder it was very void full of confusion because the enemy of our souls convinced a third of the angels to come with him into the earth. And now Satan drops like lightning. And if you really, I was doing um, a, a study about Satan and at some point I'll be able to read it. I mean, uh, 
teach it. But the beauty of Lucifer, he was not an ugly creature. He was very, very beautiful, full of pipes and instruments. And he had tambourines on him. Mama Sharon, you got your tambourine. He had lots of tambourines. He could put you on a battle. He was great at what he did. He was very beautiful and very attractive. And he was able to convince a third of the angels to fall out with him. My point for sharing this, I'm almost done, is that God is consistent in what he does. And everything we have sung about today was in representation of who God is. He is consistent. So when we sing that song, you will not have history. We go way, way back. You all started running into the walls and throwing chairs. Why? Because you begin to think about all that God has been to you. And when you think about everything he's been to you, all you have to, the common denominator and all of it simply is he's God. No matter what to, how you try to pretty him up, what color you try to paint him on a canvas, he's God. And you cannot confine him to your finite mind. He's God. He is the same. He cannot be improved. He's God. There is no progression in him. He's already progressed. He's God. There is no development in him. He's already developed. It's us that's being developed. Even in uh, the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown in the fire by Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar the king looked into the fire and he said, did we throw four, three? I thought we threw three. Yeah, we threw three. I'm looking in here and I see three, but the fourth one looks like the son of God. But the son, but we oftentimes say that Jesus was not in the Old Testament. But that fourth one looked like the son of God. But how, to me, in my brain, how was Nebuchadnezzar able to point out that that was the son of God and Jesus had not been created yet? So, when we read this, it's understanding that no matter where you are, let me just go ahead and preach that for a second. We oftentimes want God to pull us out of the fire. And we pray, God, pull us out. We're tired of this. We're tired of going through. We're tired of being going through this, whatever else. But have you ever stopped to realize in this story, Mom, that in the fire is where God showed up? It was not after he let out the boys from the fire. It was in the fire that God showed up. If you ever need him to show up, make sure you're in it so he can get in it with you. There is something about being in the fire with the one who looks like the Son of God. And if you've been mistakenly trying to get out, let me encourage you. Stay in because he's coming for you. He can get in with you. Ain't no door can keep him out. Ain't no one you can comprehend going to keep him out. He's God. And when he wants to show up, he will without your permission. And your enemy will be able to see that one looks like the Son of God. But the Son of God has not.
not made an appearance yet in the earth. Yet and still he was already there. Um, I could preach on that a little while longer. We're going to skip on through to the last part of this. So when we say Exodus, go to skip, we're skipping to Exodus. Remember the Ten Commandments? Beginning in the Ten Commandments, the very beginning, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. That's the first thing we see. Don't have this other God before. Don't make any graven images or anything likeness to anything that's in heaven above or beneath or water under the earth. Don't bow down to them. Only bow to me. We see that in the first couple of verses in the Ten Commandments. Which means that whatever you worship becomes an idol against God. The thing is though, it's lower than God. Yet and still... It becomes you exalted above God. Here is what I want to point out to you here. He, Genesis 1, he is the creator of the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Mona, he created the heavens and the earth. Now here is the thing I want to say. People in, the, in this Exodus, in this book, in this Bible with Moses, they created and stepped something that they claim as more than God. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that what God, Genesis chapter 1 verse 1, created in the earth was not worthy enough of your submission. So you create something that's better than him. And we think like, man, it's just so horrible. Let me ask you a question. What have you created lately? That is deemed higher than God. And you know, we think like, you know, oh, of course, you know, nothing. I would never do that. But what are you giving your time to? And this is what Exodus says in verse 20. We see the Ten Commandments that whatever you're giving your time to is maybe who you worship. Whatever gains your attention may be who you worship. If you start appreciating what you created over the creator, there is a major problem in the earth. You say, God is not enough. So this is the beginning of this series. Who he is. God. And this is the first we see introduced to us. Elohim. One who moves in power. Yahweh. God. One who is the creator. God. And we can go through everything we can go through. We can go through Genesis and we can move through how Adam and Eve were here and then Cain and Abel. And we can, we can go through all of these different things. Abram, Abraham, Sarah, Sarah. We can go through all these different things. But the same thing it all comes down to is God. Then God realized that the earth could not handle the fullness of who he was. So the 400 years of silence between the Old Testament and New Testament, Matthew chapter 1, we come into this now being born king who now is God in flesh. Jesus Christ, who we see comes into the earth to reconcile a people back to his father. This is what the mission and the point of the gospel is. It is not to make us feel good. It's to reconcile us to the father. 
This is why we preach. This is why we believe. This is why we come to a place called the church, his bride. We come in reference to the creator, Elohim, God. He is God, whether you like it or not. He is God, our God, my God. But even in this, we typically have a problem. We don't like submission to somebody we can't see. Somebody we can't comprehend. Someone who does not make sense. There are so many studies in the earth that talk about how if it literally does not make sense to our brains, our minds, we will not submit to it. Literally. And we come to church every week and we, we are. But let me ask you a question. Are you fully submitted to this invisible God? One who really desires all of your heart because he's God. One who wrote your name in the book, who planned out your life. He's God. And if you know him to be God, you can't just acknowledge some of him. You have to acknowledge all of him. So this is going to be a very amazing series. We're going to look at multiple different names of the Bible, of, the, of, his, name, of his name. And we find all of these names in the Old Testament. So we may preach from the Old Testament for a little bit. And that's good. And that's all right. But here we got to understand before we ever get to the New Testament, we got to know for a fact he's God. And it starts back in Genesis chapter one. Before there was ever a Genesis, it was always God. Before there was ever Genesis chapter one, there was God. Because again, he was not created. He was. Hard to believe. Hard to fathom. But it's so good in the end. He's God. Everything in your life he wants to be is simply God. Acknowledge him completely with all of your heart because he's God. He is not a God. He is our God. And that one word makes a difference. People will try to convince you that he's not. Or but how can you serve a God you can't see? You can't see gravity but you're using it. And you can't see wind, but you can feel it. But yet, so you can't exactly you have air, but you, can, you can't see it. It's there, it's evident. And although we cannot comprehend God, we want to believe gravity. But he's God. He doesn't make sense. He is sense. And that's simply who he is. Again, it's like in our minds, like, I really can't try to put this together. I'm trying to put this together. I really can't. It's really hard to understand. Stop trying to understand it. You cannot understand him. Even in the scriptures, he told them, you can't fathom who I am. And even if I showed you, you still would be able to comprehend I'm God. So my prayer is that through this entire series, that we will see that God is, period, and that is a complete sentence. God is everything that we desire he can be and whatever you need him to be after that God is or I need God to I'm telling you he can be just that if you would just allow him to be before there was ever Jesus there was God before there was ever Holy Spirit there was God and all came from him but it all started with him he's our father and fathers are loving I never understood why we get this whole thing about um, uh, he's such a, uh, uh, a damning father. 
one who was hurtful and evil and mean. He's God. And yes, he could crap the whip a little bit because fathers do chastise their children. But at the end of the day, the Bible says that who he loves, he chases. So he may have to crack the whip, but he's still beautiful in all of his love to who he is. So even as we acknowledge the Lord's Supper today, I want you to take the knowing that God sent his son. The songwriter said they called him Jesus. And he did this for us. And so when we take this communion, I don't want to take this. And the thing is, though, we, we think that God hates what we do and hates us for what we have done. And we get locked into this condemnation and shame. Can I bless you with something really quick? Here's the thing. We will beat ourselves up over something he was already beaten for. Just because y'all didn't do it. Hallelujah! He literally has taken every slap, beating, poke, stab, hit, kick, scratch, punch, everything for you. And we will beat ourselves up over one mistake that we've done thinking he's mad at us. He already was beat for it. So why are you beating yourself up over something he was already beaten for? So just because he's God does not mean he's just done with you because you mess up. No, he's God. He's a forgiving God. I think one of them said he's forgiving. And so because of this, let's acknowledge him that he's God. He's not a God that's mad. He's a God that's God. Does his, the Bible even says that his anger is only for a what? A moment. Just a smidge. And he's already, he's omnipresent, right? So he's everywhere. So even while you were doing what you were doing or said what you said, whatever it be, he was there while you were. Still holding your hand and still saying, I still love you. And that should put into perception he's God. The creator does not leave his creation. So Father, we thank you for you being God over our lives. We thank you for your ability to simply be God. Everything about you is amazing and help us to come into relationship with you. God the Father. And I thank you for all that you are to us and will be to us even in this series. Make yourself known. Reveal yourself greatly to us. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.